Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to another edition of Student Ministry Matters. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. My name's Dan Carson, and with me is Chris Vines. Hey guys, good to be here. I'm thrilled that Chris is here. We have just gotten back from a week at SOAR 2021 in Dallas, Texas at the Hilton Anatole. Chris is the visionary leader for the SOAR conference. And so Chris, how do you think the event went? Um, How did it go for your group personally? Man, I I thought it was uh, was a great event. And I'm not just saying that because um, I had a hand in, in just different parts of it, but uh, man, I, I was talking to my group, uh, just kind of decompressing yesterday morning. Uh, and man, we just, we kind of ranked it up there in, in the, in the very top of all the stores that we've been to. Um, and, and I know that, you know, we all have different, uh, perspectives on, on events, but my man, my group had a great time. We meshed well. Uh, I felt like it was a very unifying time for my overall, my, all of my, my kids in my group. Um, the Lord, the Lord put, some great things on their hearts to, uh, to say yes to. And, uh, and they're, they did say yes to those things. They didn't, they're not running from them. And, um, and so now it's just a matter of, of walking with them in the days ahead and helping them, uh, just keep their eyes on Christ know that, uh, they put their yes on, on the table and he's going to uh, be faithful to, to put it on the map for them. Well, the SOAR conference is a, well, it's just a great event. It's 1,100 students and leaders gathered together with the purpose of, of learning about worship this year, and we look forward to what's going to be coming up next year. We'll be talking about that in the days ahead. You know, but one of the great things about SOAR was seeing some of our friends from Central Baptist College. Ryan Johnson and his team were there to tell junior high and high school students all about the college. Uh, President Kimbrough was also on hand to hand out some scholarships. And I always love seeing that, some fantastic things. CBC cares about students, and I'd encourage you to check them out. You can find out more information about some traditional programs for your students, or perhaps non-traditional approaches for you with their PACE program. Now, all those things can be found at cbc.edu. So let me encourage you just to check them out. They're a fantastic group um, of people. I'm a graduate there. Chris is a graduate uh, my daughter is about to start her third year at CBC. Kind of hard to believe, but uh, great, great school. So before we get into our discussion for this podcast, Chris, let me ask you a question. What was the most impactful event you attended as a team? That's a great question. Um, I, I attended several events from the time I was, I think, 15 to, to 18. But I would have to say that the most impactful event was my very first soar. Uh, I went to um, the the my first soar in 2015. Excuse me, 2005. I was 15, um, <clears throat> 2005, and it was it happened to be in Atlanta, Georgia that year. And the reason that I'd say it was the most impactful is because it sparked something within me. Rather, it it opened my eyes. The Lord used it to awaken me to 
to his kingdom work and mm-hmm. uh, and how how I wanted to be a part of it, how things were not all about me, but it was all about him. Uh, he awakened my heart to uh, the reality that uh, that it's his glory that is paramount in this world, uh, not my own achievements. And that sparked something with me. I didn't make any just real decisions there. It wasn't like I went down front and uh, gave everything. But again, uh, the Lord used that event to uh, begin just, again, awakening me. And uh, it wasn't too long after that that he did call me to ministry, and I was ready to say yes. And so that was at another event. Uh, But at that point, uh, I wasn't necessarily so intoxicated by the emotion of the event as much as I just knew the Lord had started something in me and this was, this is what I needed to say yes to. And, uh, anyway, he was faithful to bring me to that point of surrender and, uh, he's been faithful to continually center myself on, on him. And, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for his, uh, providential hand and his, his faithfulness, uh, to me. Mm, that's good. That's good. The, the, the SOAR conference, as we've shared before, is sold out and radical. It was founded in 1991. And so if I look back to my teen years for an impactful event, um, we have to go to something a little different. SOAR wasn't around then. Um, and so I was actually <laughs> at the Encounter Conference, which was put on by the Baptist Missionary Association of Arkansas in the mid-1980s through uh, the 1990s. Uh, it was held during the Christmas time. It was usually at what was at the, that point called the Excalibur Hotel in Little Rock, Arkansas. I think it's the Peabody now. I may be wrong, but um, it was one of those just big events. You would go, you'd spend time hearing somebody speak, uh, understanding that you had others that were your age that believed the same way you did. You believed in 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 a relationship with Christ and and how important that was and just exposed to those things. And I remember talking, it wasn't really even during the main sessions. It was talking with some of the, the breakout leaders that we had back in those times that they would share and they would answer questions for me. And I just remember my heart being opened up to the idea of being in a, a lifelong pursuit of ministry. And I, I, before that, I hadn't even considered it. You know, you, you attend your church, your small church that has just a, a pastor and, you know, that's the only world you see. And then all of a sudden you, you see something much bigger and much larger. Uh, and so it was really great. Now, there are all sorts of events out there. There are things like Encounter, Soar. There's Passion that is now a current one for college-age students. Uh, think about church camps. Those are also, you know, these things that, are, that happen. A lot of these things happen during the summertime. And so what I wanted us to do today was to really talk about this idea of encouraging our students after summertime decisions. At the SOAR conference here that that we just came back from, I had the opportunity to lead a couple of breakout groups for student ministry workers to talk to them and share some just different things, some core thoughts and ideas that they might want to employ in their student ministry. And then I opened up the floor and said, what sort of questions are you struggling with? What are you going through? And, and that w- many of those were centered around pandemic issues, COVID-19, and how we've had to struggle through that. But this great question came up is, how do we encourage or how do we keep our students excited after events like SOAR? Maybe you've been dealing with uh, conferences yourself and you've 
you've taken a group to church camp and they come back, they're all fired up for Jesus. And then they come back to the reality. Uh, They're home. Their parents may be not all that excited about Christ. Their school friends, they didn't go to that conference. They didn't go to that camp. They didn't experience the same thing. And so they come back and, and sometimes that excitement, that energy can disappear pretty quickly if we don't feed into it. Now, I'm not talking about just throwing more wood on a fire so that it'll keep going. I'm talking about helping them be accountable for some of these decisions that they made. Um, They were open up to the Holy Spirit, and as that Spirit spoke to them, they showed them things they needed to do, things they needed to be. And so I wanted to spend just some time with Chris today talking about that and then um, sharing those things with you. So how can we encourage our students after those summertime decisions? What can we do? And so we're going to share a few things. I've got a couple that Chris will share. We'll go back and forth for a little bit. Um, But the first one that's on my list is to pray for your students. Now, I feel like we should be doing that all the time, but sometimes we forget or we get caught up in our own lives. We have our own kids. We have our own activities, our relationships, um, those other areas of responsibility for the ministry. And sometimes praying for our students can be put on the back burner. And so if your student made a decision, Jot their name down. Include what they that decision. To pray for it very specifically. The second one that I have is to give them resources to aid in following up their decisions. You know, as a youth pastor, as a student ministry worker, we need to be a resource, not just for our students, but for the parents, for our fam- their families, uh, being able to help them grow in their relationship with Christ. And as they make a decision, we want to help them with that. So maybe they're they're trying to work through a porn addiction, or maybe they're trying to decide what to do next with college. I, I know that's a pretty broad spectrum there, but you know, students make all sorts of decisions at these things. God speaks to them in unique ways. And so praying for them and giving them resources, resources are a great way to start. Um, Chris, what's one that you might have for us? Yeah, you know, one thing I encourage our kids to do is um, write write down what happened. Uh, I, I, in fact, was having a conversation with them yesterday morning, just before our main worship time as a as a faith family, and and I just encourage them, hey, go to Walmart, um, get one of those cheap little, uh, you know, journals uh, if you if you don't yeah. already have a journal um, that you you regularly write in, and dedicate it just to uh, just to that, you know, write down from beginning to end what you remember. Uh, and I told him, I said, don't try to be over spiritual with it. You know, just, just write down what happened, what you remember, what was good and, and just let that pen flow. And, and I, and I think that that allows them to internally just process and remember and think about all the different elements that, that happened and that was involved. And of course, you know, as well as I do, whenever you start writing things down like that, um, you don't have to really try to be what I've already said over spiritual, it just kind of the, the, the important right. things kind of rise to the top. And, yeah. uh, and then also that's a, that's a great, uh, a great thing to it for the moment, but also for, for later for them to look back upon and say, you know what? Wow. I remember sore 2021 and, yeah. and, and I, I forgot about that detail, but man, how cool to see what God did there. So I, I encourage them to write things down and then, um, then a second thing that I, I'll just say real quick, and then we move on to your third is, uh, I think it's a good idea as a youth pastor to to send a a letter 
uh, or some sort of communication to to families, to parents. Uh, I know that depending on just who your kids are, you know, your family, the families that make up your youth group are are different. Um, you've, you've got broken families. You have, you know, solid, you know, traditional families. Um, but but I think it's a good idea to, to let their parents know what they just went through. Uh, and so writing a, a letter from from you as a youth pastor to them and say, hey, listen, here, here's what we covered. Here's what was going on. Here's what the main sessions uh, talked about. You know, hopefully as a youth pastor, you you took down some good notes yourself uh, throughout that and maybe wrote down some key phrases and key thoughts that that those uh, those leaders had, those speakers had. And uh, so share those with your parents. Get them in on the loop because like you already said, Dan, um, these the, our teenagers are coming back and and they're they're excited they're they're pumped up yeah. because I mean it's been one it's been a great event and so there's emotion there no no doubt about it but we don't we don't want to just den- we don't want to deny that the Lord can use events like this to be a a, a pivotal part of uh, their spiritual journey and and so uh, if we truly believe and I do that parents are the the primary disciple makers for our students. Um, and, and that you and I, as youth pastors, man, we get to just be a part of that process. We yeah. get to be another voice, you know, that helped them. Um, then, then let's do a good job and give our parents uh, a, a great overview of, of what their teenager just went through and, and maybe how they can engage their student in the days ahead. Yeah, I think about a couple of things that you said there. One is that we can, as we're trying to give our students resources, we may need to give our parents resources as well. Um, you know, book about something that their student is struggling with, um, not just that letter, but that's fantastic. And then the other is writing it down. Man, I remember the night and it was, well, I should say early morning. It was about one in the morning when I kneeled, I knelt down in a, a dorm room and surrendered my life to the gospel ministry. I, we wrote that down in the front of my Bible. And I've always been able to go back and see that page and see that place and know, you know, it was real. Um, it wasn't just some sleep deprived thing that happened in my life because it was one yeah. in the morning, uh, yeah. but it was real. And, um, and so that's always been encouraging. Well, yeah. let me go ahead and we'll go on with our list. I'm, my third one is to have them announce their decisions to the church to gain uh, prayer support and accountability. Uh, there are men and women that sit in those pews, older people that your students may not be interacting with on a regular basis, but they are praying. They love those students. They care about those students. And so it's a great way for them to to gain some prayer support and some accountability. Chris, what's your next one? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I, let me just follow up that. I think that's a great, great thing. And I don't want to just carry on too much about uh, each one of these, but... I was, as you said that, announcing it to the church, I think you and I both uh, maybe have grown up in churches and and even are within churches that are uh, that are smaller. So when we think yeah. about announcing to True. the church, we think in terms of maybe on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, just standing in front of the whole church, which the whole church might be seventy five to one hundred people or less, right? Uh, that that was my my thing, and and so some of you guys may be out there, and you may be in not a mega church, but you know you you have a little bit bigger congregation and um, there might be just another creative way uh, for, for your teenagers to uh, announce to the church what, what the Lord has done in their life. And so I know like for us, we have a a monthly newsletter 
that we send out to all of our, our faith family. And so that might be a great avenue for them to announce what the Lord done. Ask, ask one of your teenagers, if, hey, write down what, what the Lord did and, and let's share that with the church and, and, uh, and, maybe, and maybe publish it that way. So I'm just saying there may be more than one way to announce what God has done in their life. Um, that's just something that sparked in my mind as you said that. I thought that was, I thought that was a great no, thing. That is a, a great, I like when you said creative ways, because even as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, larger church situation, maybe you record a short video of them talking that you can put on yeah. social media, um, yeah. then it's really out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think there's some cool ways that uh, that a student can, can share what God has done um, in their life for sure. So, uh, so my third one uh, would be uh, to consider creating prayer partners um, out of the kids that have gone to your event. So, uh, again, you know, we had uh, right at twenty-five students go to soar, you know, with us this year. And so, one of the one of the things that that I'm going to be encouraging and trying to create space for in the upcoming weeks is. I want them uh, to to partner up with another person, uh, maybe one of their their roommates for the week uh, that they spent time with already, and mm. and begin to go just that next step of of praying with one another and and even talking out like what the Lord has done. So, I think there's real benefit if you follow my train of thought here in personally, individually, and even privately writing down what God has done. But then I think like you've already opened the door for. I think it's very important that we verbalize that and even begin to share that with others. And uh, if we just make this broad announcement, that's good, but it doesn't offer a lot of accountability uh, to to what we've said yes to other than us just announcing it to the world. So I think it's good to uh, pair them up with somebody who was there. They they were in the room and and then they can they can talk about what they heard. They can pray about what the Lord had been speaking to them through his word and, and just create that type of, uh, that type of, uh, relationship that, um, as, as you guys know, can be a, a really cool thing whenever we partner together with, with other believers and sharpen one another in that way. So create prayer partners from the people who went to the event with you. Well, and you may have noticed a theme, uh, and not that Chris and I set out to line this out, but it's a lot of accountability here. I, I think the fourth thing that I want to share is to to get them connected with a mentor to help them be accountable. Um, it might be you as the, the youth pastor or the primary student ministry worker in your church, but it might not be. I mean, it's not the most ideal for you to be the mentor to a 14-year-old girl, if you are male. I mean, that's just not ideal. But you have others that are a part of your team that can step in and can connect with them. Maybe It might be a spouse, but it also might just be another woman who's in the church. It doesn't have to be someone who is in their 20s and super cool and hang out with students. It could be a 65-year-old grandma. I mean, because that's uh, there's a connection there. There's real love. There's a spiritual investment that's going on. And so get them connected with the mentor. And then my fifth one, and then we'll wrap with uh, Chris's last one, is that they've decided to follow God's call into ministry. Give them opportunities to flex those ministry muscles. And so if they're saying, 
hey, God is calling me to preach or God is calling me to be a youth pastor or to work with children or to do be involved in music. Give them opportunities to test that out and to see, okay, is that what God is doing? If God is doing that, then he's going to be there and be a part of that. And you can mentor them in that sense. And you can also connect them with other people that are in other aspects of your ministry. Maybe it's somebody who is really involved with music and you're not. And so let them flex those ministry muscles. I think that's real important. Chris, what's, what's your last one for us? My last one is uh, we need to put the event in the right perspective for their spiritual journey. Uh, and I know I need to explain that a little bit because uh, the idea there, uh, this is just a, a point of conviction for me, and I, and I don't use that word lightly. It, it truly is a convicting point. Uh, and it's coming from Second Peter. Uh, so if if you guys uh, are familiar with with uh, with Peter at all, you know that he was on the the Mount of Transfiguration. We read about that in Mark chapter nine and in other parts of the Gospels. And of course, as we think about that whole scenario, I mean, what a what an amazing event! What an amazing experience! Uh, Peter, James, and John were able to to have alongside of our Lord. And of course, it's always struck me because there's a point where uh, when Peter's on that mountain, the, the best thing he could come up with was, hey, let's build all of you guys a house. Uh, remember it because yeah. you see Jesus, <laughs> Moses, and, and Elijah, I believe. And he's like, let's build each of you guys a house. Now, I, th- think, think, I think there's something to that, but that's the best Peter had. You know, he's like, let's do something, right? Let's, let's, I mean, this is great. And, uh, but, you know, he just didn't really understand what was going on. And, um, and if we're honest with each other, I mean, if we were up there, we, we wouldn't know either. We would just be, uh, in every bit of the word, just starstruck. Yeah. And so Peter, uh, in, in his second letter to, uh, to the churches, he, he wrote that about his experience up there. And uh, he comes to this point. It's in Second uh, Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter one, look it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to fumble over my words there, but here's the point. He says this, he says, um, we have uh, something more fully confirmed, which mm-hmm. is the prophetic word, and you would do well to pay attention to it. And so I think that's a big statement from Peter because he's talking about the experience that he had just, that he had had. And the event that he had he had been a part of, but then he looks at the church. He's writing to the church, and he says, "You weren't there, but you have something more fully confirmed. You have something more reliable, um, more worthy to to put your trust in, and that is the prophetic word of God. And so you would do well to pay attention to it. And and I think part of what Peter's trying to say there is. It's not all about one-time experiences. It's not all about one-time events, and and that doesn't um, that while those are very important and they have a part to play in our our spiritual journey, and and I, like we started this podcast with, there there are events in our life that God uses to spark something or to awaken us to something, but we would also agree that those events do not sustain us moving forward. What does sustain us moving forward is the Word of God. The, the, the word that, <clears throat> that has been given to us, the very words of Christ. And so I think it's very important coming off of an event to do everything that we've talked about to, in order to keep the momentum going and to keep the excitement level high. But Dan, you and I both know that 
what goes up must eventually come down. Yeah. School school yeah. will start in August. You know, baseball, basketball, sports are going to become another just another season of life for our students. And before you know it, they're going to be down off of the mountain, so to speak. But what's going to sustain them? It's not trying to look back and trying to recreate everything that happened, you know, at in for uh, during two days in uh, in Dallas at SOAR. What's going to sustain them is a daily walk with the Lord in His Word, a reliance upon Him, a dependability upon Him. And so when I say put the event in the right perspective for their spiritual journey, that's what I mean. Let them know, man, this was great. God showed up. He showed out. He did some cool things. He awakened us to the reality that His glory and that He is uh, much bigger than what we ever maybe even imagined. You said yes to Him. Now, the next step is go to his word, spend time in his word, and do that over and over and over again, day after day after day, relying upon him. Uh, and, and we put to practice what Proverbs 3 says, what, that verse that we, we quote so much and we know that we don't lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge him and he directs our paths. And so I believe that's very important for a teenager to hear and to know and to, um, to embrace that it's not all about just a one-time event, but that we've been given something more sure, the very word of God to sustain us every single day. Well, Chris, that is a great place for us to, to wrap these suggestions and helps um, as we look at encouraging our students and trying to help them continue on as they've made decisions during the summertime. You know, the, the simple truth is we understand that not all summertime decisions are genuine. Some are simply born out of the emotions of the event. You get 1,100 people together at a SOAR conference. They're singing, they're worshiping in a way that they might not have experienced ever before in their lives. And sometimes they're going to do some things because, well, their friends are doing that or they are, uh, they've just reacted uh, to what's happening. You know, and we love our students and we're going to still take them to these type of conferences and camps and events because we know that God will use some of those. Maybe it is to spark something, to begin that process in their lives. Um, and we're just going to keep doing that. And we do all of these things because we love students and because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.